It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And welcome to another. Uh post-game edition of the Michigan Sports Truth Podcast on Talk Shoe. I'm Taylor Phillips, uh, recapping the Spartans and Wolverines in-state rivalry game. The Spartans take back the Paul Bunyan Trophy with a 27-24 win in shocking fashion in in Ann Arbor. Um, Neither team turned the ball over, uh, to be honest, Uh, but especially the Spartans after turning the ball over seven times, almost eight, Last week at home in, in the season opener against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, or who probably lost to the Indiana Hoosiers earlier tonight by two scores or whatever. Um, the Sp- Rocky Lombardi uh, didn't throw any interceptions. The Spartans didn't cough it up. They didn't. They didn't commit any turnovers, unlike the seven, almost eight that they committed last week. Um, and we'll start with those victorious Spartans. Ricky White was the uh, wide receiver of the game for MSU. Made a few spectacular catches, at least a couple of them in one man coverage, a few of them in one man coverage. It's amazing how Ricky White can play wide receiver. He's a weapon, a a force to be reckoned with on this Spartans offensive unit in the wide receiving department. The Spartans, um, not necessarily perfect, but uh, they were were good enough offensively to uh, come up with a win, and they're and their defense outplayed Michigan's defense because uh, the Spartans made the tackle that were needed the most more than Michigan's defense did because uh, on Connor Hayward's second touchdown of the game, which sealed it, which appeared to have sealed the game with 5-11 to go, put the Spartans up 27 to 17 at that point it looked like it was over because uh, then Michigan when Michigan had their next ensuing drive they uh, were killing too much time but until they finally get to the end zone but near the end zone on first and goal at I think the one yard line or two yard line and the, the game clock only showed 47 seconds left. And the Wolverines decided to go up the middle with a running game. And they easily ran to a brick wall, which you know, they had all their three timeouts left. And they decided to uh, go up the middle, and it, and it sure as hell didn't work. 
So the Wolverines were forced to call a timeout. I don't know what the I don't know what the hell Josh Gaddis was thinking. He didn't even come up with a with a damn trick play of any sort. He just he just allowed his offense to uh, stick with a running game and go up go up the middle. The Wolverines were getting too cocky for most of the game, especially at that point where they had a goal and opportunity to punch it in on first and goal. They they didn't do it, and then on and then they didn't score until that that next play, second and goal, where they tried at the end around and it worked and it paid off, which they should have done one play earlier. And that's what cost them. Well, because, well, that's because in between those two plays, Michigan was forced to call a timeout with 34 seconds left. So then after they scored, they had two timeouts left. The Spartans... Um, ha, um, recovered the onside kick and then they uh, were forced to uh, then the Wolverines defense uh, forced a uh, fourth down stopping the clock at 12 seconds to go forcing a fourth down and two The Wolverines were lucky to have the clock stopped by the officials because the because the Wolverines defense made made the stop that they needed to make on third down, forcing that fourth down. But Michigan State decided to go for it. Mel Tucker, uh, pretty gutsy in a field position near midfield. I think it was in uh, Michigan territory, but yeah. They went for it and got the first down, and that took time off the clock. All the twelve second, all the twelve precious seconds off off the clock, and the Spartans sealed that victory with that first down. They win 27-24. Spartans improved to one and one. First win for Mel Tucker in his Michigan State debut, while uh, Harbust and Company dropped a one and one. Harbaugh wearing some kind of face paint while at the while at the game, while in the game. Yeah, he sure looked like a friggin' clown. Don Brown, defensive coordinator Don Brown and his defense, well, they got too cocky. Too many missed tackles. Plus, Michigan committed too many penalties. That's those are the two reasons why Michigan, the Wolverines lost. And that's why the Michigan State, the Spartans, why they won. They made their tackles defensively. They um, they never and the Spartans never trailed in that game. The Wolverines never led. In other words, Mel Tucker, Rocky Lombardi, they did a much better job than last week. So um, I think there's a greater chance that that uh, 
I may cover the Lions Colts game tomorrow night on right here on Talk Show with another post game edition because um, because uh, th those high winds that are coming tomorrow late afternoon have decreased from from a high of 26 miles an hour to 24 miles an hour, um, decreasing a chance of a power outage. So that's good news here. And all, with that all being said, uh, that's that's all I have to say for the, for this game. Michigan, current Rocky Lombardi, much better game than last week. Like I said many times before. And on Periscope at Michigan underscore truth. Also, you can download the VigIt app. It's a social sports networking app for for sports fans that influence more fan more people to love sports. Download the app, create an account, and use the referral code Stables with a capital S from Stables Media. The referral code is Stables with a B. And with a capital S at the beginning. So with that being said, Lewis Tenor is here with his National Sports Report. Lewis, take it away. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor. All right, for those, All of, you, right, for those, of, you, for those of you who just tuned into the, uh, the Oklahoma State-Texas game, well, we got an upset here for you. As Texas beat Oklahoma State in overtime, 41-34. to Oh, boy. Spencer Sanders was 27 for 39, 400 yards, and... Four touchdowns. Uh, hold on here. Uh, Wallace hit for 187 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And Hubbard has 69 rushing yards on 23 carries. Over we go to Boise State Air Force. 11-01 to go in the third quarter. Boise State leads Air Force 28-17. Jack Sears has 178 uh, passing yards and two touchdowns on 12 for 16. Brandon Lewis, 108 yards on one touchdown on nine carries. And C.T. Thomas has 75 receiving yards and one touchdown. Moving down the line here. In the second quarter, at 9.34 to go, Number two, Alabama, no surprise, is beating up on Mississippi State, 20 to nothing, only to get worse. Uh, Mac Jones, 179 passing yards on two touchdowns. Najee Harris has 67 rushing yards on 12 carries, and Devontae Smith has 138 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And the game currently on ABC. Ohio State is leading Penn State 14 to nothing. Justin Fields has already uh, one touchdown. Uh, 47 yards passing. Garrett Winston has one carry on 52 yards. And Chris Olive has 35 receiving yards and one touchdown. Just getting started, really. Alabama and Arkansas. Our tie at seven, two ten to go in the first, and not much much happening here, except Helen uh, Mond has one touchdown on 56 yards passing, and 
Alanis Smith has one touchdown on 35 yards receiving. Number 10, Florida, is up on Missouri, 6-0, 2-10 to go in the first. Navy and SMU right now are tied at 7 in the second quarter, just getting underway. Shane Bouchel has Ramper has passed for 57 yards. Um, Ulysses Bentley has one touchdown on 40 rushing yards. And Jamie Gathers has 29 receiving yards. Okay, for the finals. Now, this was the most interesting game of the day. Clemson over BC, 34-28. And Clemson had to come down from 18 down in the first half to beat Boston College. By that score, it looked like there was going to be the upset probably of the entire year, but still Clemson finds its way back. <laughs> EJ, uh, you had 242 passing yards, two touchdowns, 30 for 41 passing. Travis really, uh, had 84 rushing yards on one touchdown, 20 carries. Travis Elmay had 140 receiving yards and one touchdown. Notre Dame had an easy time over Georgia Tech, 31 to 13. Eon Book, 199 passing yards and one touchdown. Tyron Williams, 76 rushing yards on 16 carries and two touchdowns. Garvon McKinley, McKinley, 53 receiving yards. In a low-scoring affair, Georgia over Kentucky, 14-3. Stevenson Bennett had 131 passing yards and two interceptions. Zanuck White, 136 rushing yards and one touchdown. James Cook had 62 receiving yards. Not much of a game. Really think about it. <laughs> Cincinnati over Memphis, 49-10. Brady White, 316 passing yards, one touchdown. Jane, uh, Jerome Ford, 116 rushing yards on two touchdowns. Galvin, 121 receiving yards. In the Battle of Michigan, it was the Spartans rebounding from their loss against Rutgers last week over Michigan, 27-24. Rocky Lombardi, 323 passing yards, three touchdowns. Joe Milton, 59 rushing yards on 12 carries. And Ricky White, 196 receiving yards and one touchdown. West Virginia upsets number 16, Kansas State, 37-10. Jarrett. Uh, those 301 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Leedy Brown, 102 rushing yards, one touchdown on 24 carries. And Bryce Ford Wheaton, 104 receiving yards. Moving down the line here. Indiana over Rutgers uh, as they came back to earth this week. Uh, 37-21, Michael 
Harris Jr. had 235 rush passing yards, three touchdowns. Steve Stevie Scott, the third, 51 rushing yards on 21 carries, and whoop. Here they are, 137 receiving yards. Now, I didn't expect this at all, but Coastal Carolina uh, beat up on Georgia State 51 to nothing. <laughs> Racing, I'm a, a gall. 254 passing yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, McMarble, 71 receiving yards on one touchdown. 16 carries. Jalen highlight 81 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Iowa State over Kansas 52 to 22. Brock uh, Purdy 239 passing yards, two touchdowns. Reese Hall 185 rushing yards and two touchdowns and. Xavier Hutchinson, 87 yards, one touchdown. Are the games of progress? North Carolina is leading Virginia, just barely, uh, seven to six. <laughs> and the touchdown was scored by Sam Howell and Dammy Brown. Each have one touchdown. Uh, Howell had 69 passing yards, and Brown has 54 receiving yards. Just underway, Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Uh, later games are Western Kentucky at BYU. That comes at 10-15. And that is the top 25 matchup. Now, as we go over to the NFL, for tomorrow's schedule, it goes like this. So, we'll start off with the 1 o'clock games. And the Patriots will take on the Bills. The Titans will take on the Bengals. The Raiders will take on the Browns. The Colts will take on your Detroit Lions. The Vikings will take on the Packers. The Jets will take on the Chiefs. Oh, good luck with that one, bub. Uh, the, the Chargers will take on the Dolphins. The Steelers will take on the Ravens. I'm oh, sorry, the Rams will take on the Dolphins. The Chargers will take on the Broncos. The Saints will take on the Bears. The 49ers will take on the Seahawks. And the Cowboys will take on, well, the Eagles in what is a, well, I hate to say it, but a pathetic matchup since it is in the NFC East, which has been a horrible division this year. I'm sorry to say that, but that's how it is. Ugh. I mean, coming into this season, I really thought that the Cowboys and the Eagles were going to be, you know, AF NFC contenders and really battling for the division. But this division has been just absolutely, well, put up in one word, awful. And whoever loses this game, I think, is in big trouble. All right, so for MLS uh, fans, if there are any, uh, Dallas beat Houston today 3 nothing, And in a little while, Oops, coming again. Nashville will be Nashville will be playing up in just a few minutes here. As the season 
he is ending. I'm here while my computer gets back up again. Uh, I'll say anything. That, 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 yeah, that's the tank division right there. That's a tank division matchup whether between the boys and birds. Yeah, I mean, it just, you know, like I said, I mean, I was hoping, I was having high hopes this season um, for the for the Cowboys, but I guess all with all the injuries that have been occurring, it hasn't happened. All right, Nashville will take on Chicago. Like I said on your uh, show. Tomorrow. Yes. Like I said on your show, three before Dak Prescott's injury. And mm-hmm. and they were not good at any time of this season thus far. Even before down no. down Don's injury, they had a bad record, with or without Dak. Right. Well, it might have been. I think it could have gotten better uh, with Prescott if he didn't get hurt. But after that, um, you know, I, should we say all, all hell broke loose? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yep. just, you know, just a just sec. Yeah. So Nashville will take on Chicago uh, tomorrow uh, after afternoon. So, uh, tonight rather. So now we'll move on to um, notes of the day here. And I think some of you might find this a little bit interesting. And we'll start down from the bottom of the page. With Andy Dalton out of tomorrow's game versus the Eagles, uh, with that concussion, the Cowboys will now turn. Uh, it will turn out to Ben uh, Denusi to start tomorrow's game. Dalton was hit in the third quarter by Washington team linebacker John Bostic. Owner Jerry Jones says that Dalton could return uh, in a week. Yeah, go figure. Although I find it hard to believe, thanks to that hit, Bostic was Bostic was fined. I just found that out. He was fined twelve thousand uh, dollars for the hit on Dalton, according to, to a source. Dalton remained in Philadelphia and was not in practice, but did take part in team virtual meetings. The Cowboys will face the Steelers on November the 8th. It's going to be ugly. All right. Uh, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, unfortunately, will miss next week's game against Notre Dame after he tested positive for coronavirus on Wednesday. Um... And he will be out. The school made the announcement on Thursday, meaning that he must be isolated for 10 days as per conference uh, protocol. As part of the return process, Lawrence must pass a series of cardiac exams, said by Coach Dabo Sweeney, and go through all the protocols, which would not allow him to return in time for next Saturday's big game against Notre Dame. And that is going to be a very big game. As Clemson's ranked number one, but Notre Dame is ranked number four. Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson has been clear of concussion protocol and is expected to play tomorrow's game versus the Saints. Robinson was in protocol after hitting the fourth quarter in a loss to the Rams in a Monday, in a Monday night game. Man, that was a slaughter. I expected better. Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters and redshirt freshman tight end Griffin Moore tested positive for the coronavirus on Thursday. Both players were out for today's game versus Purdue, along with other players sidelined for contact tracing. Illinois released a list of 14 players for the game, including 
Peters and Moore due to injury or contact tracing. That's bad enough. Um, okay. Uh, congratulations to the Dodgers, by the way, for winning the World Series on Tuesday night after 32 years of suffering. Uh, but it comes with a bit of a price as Justin Turner and tested positive for the coronavirus. Commissioner Rob Manfred confirmed the positives after the game, calling it a bittersweet victory. Turner's outing was not that great as he struck out over three before coming out to start the eighth inning. The Dodgers did not give a reason why he left. Um, he came up in the postseason. The LB came up the postseason neutral site bubbles after traveling across the country in a shortened 60-game season. Turner was the first player to contact the virus since the playoffs began. He was on the field for the celebration and took a photo with the team and his family later, which was not a very smart move when you think about it because he could infect other people, his teammates or his family or what have you. And MLB, I think, is under is going to investigate this matter. He could be uh, fined uh, or something like that. So we'll have to wait and see. Because I know you wanted to be caught up in the moment, but... You really couldn't do that in this situation. So he really should think about that. There are consequences to pay for actions, of course. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said the release of defensive tackle Dontre Poe was due to his weight and lack of production. Jones declined to say Poe persistence in kneeling for the anthem before games was a consideration. He was signed with a two-year, $8.5 million deal as an unrestricted free agent. In the offseason, Poe was guaranteed $3.5 million of the deal. According to a clause in the contract, he had weekly weight incentives ranging from $20,000 to $45,000 and could have controlled $50,000. It is not known if he collected uh, $500,000, excuse me. It is not known, though, if he collected any money whatsoever. So uh, we had to wait and see about that. Now, maybe, I don't know if he deserved it or not, when you really think about it. <laughs> and we're going to the second quarter of Penn State and Ohio State. If Penn State would have won that game, this would have been more of a top-10 matchup. But, of course, that upset <laughs> changed everything. Okay. Uh, first up, after pushing a deadline back to next Friday, that will allow the NBA to serve notice on termination on the CBA in the wake of the pandemic. The league and the Players Association are running out of time if they hope to get the season started by December 22nd, three days before Christmas. (laughs) And without assurances that the pandemic will allow fans in arenas this season and projections that their absence could cost the league a whopping $4 billion in lost revenue. Ugh. The NBA fears that delaying the season to January could cost the league another half billion to a billion in lost revenue. Sources say, Ugh, that's just awful. Uh, both parties are still at odds for a start date this season with the union pushing for December 22nd. That would consist of 72 regular season games and complete the finals before the Olympics in July but the Players Association are looking to start on January 18th, which coincides with Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And that's a big day on the NBA calendar, as most NBA fans know. 
Well, I mean, I always look forward to it, so. <laughs> All right, well, I honestly don't know what to think about this, but Mike D'Antoni has finalized a deal to join the Nets as assistant coach under Steve Nash's uh, staff, according to sources. The Nets are also hiring uh, Ian Ukda, who spent seven of the last eight seasons on Greg Popovich's staff with the Spurs. D'Antoni and Nash have worked together before, first with the Suns from 2004 to 2008, and a lackluster two seasons with the Lakers from 2012 to 2014. The Nets are expected to be contending for the NBA championship with the return of Kyrie Irving and the debut of Kevin Durant. Uh, yeah, they're coming to the team, but as to then compete for a championship, I don't think so. I, I seriously doubt that very much. All right. Um, UFC President Dana White believes that Khabib will fight again, coming less than a week after his retirement announcement. Speaking with CBS Sports Radio on Thursday, White said he had been in contact with the champ since last week's fight against just, Justin Gagey at last week's UFC Fight 254, and White got the impression that it would stick. White said on the Zach Gellib show that he was completely emotional and then when he thought about the fight, I thought he might have a feeling he might go 30-0. and 0. I don't think he's going to retire. His dad wanted him to go 30-0, and 0, and I think he will keep his dad's wish. And Khabib's, Khabib's representatives declined to comment, although his mother said that he did want him to retire. So it's kind of like conflicting reports of what's really happening. So we'll just have to uh, uh, wait and see what that and like I said on my show before, the NBA, the NHL is looking for a path to a normal season, or as normal as it could possibly be. Uh, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly said that it's an important objective in an interview back on Thursday. Uh, but first, the league must figure out what the season will look like. And despite a possibility to start January 1st, the league is exercising patience before they make a decision. We are still talking. Uh, we are still taking time to figure out what is the best strategy would be. And knowing, uh, well, Gary Bettman, ugh, who knows. Uh, Daly said the 17th is not make the postseason. will get additional practice time since they have not played since March, which seems more like a lifetime ago. Uh, the league is looking at several options for next season, though a lot has been complicated between the U.S. and Canada, remaining their borders closed, for non-essential travel. Well, hopefully you'll get it back. And uh, as I also mentioned in the show, the Timberwolves owners met with top draft hopeful LaMelo Ball back on Tuesday, sort of still ESPN. The meeting was conducted in Southern California, uh, consisted only of an interview, but no basketball activity of any kind. The meeting was attended by Minnesota Timberwolves President of Operations, Gurdon Rojas, and Coach Ryan Saunders. The league eased restrictions on in-player evaluations in mid-October, according to a memo obtained from ESPN, opening the door for teams to meet with prospects in advance of the draft that is scheduled for November 18th. Ball is scheduled to meet with the Warriors next week. Uh, they have the number two selection in the draft. The expectation is that he will also meet with the Hornets and Bulls, 
who also have the number three and four uh, draft picks, respectively. Well, uh, all I can say about that is I hope he's not anything like his brother because we know that the history of the uh, Ball family ugh, is, well, you know how that is. They're just not... They're just, he's just not that good. I mean, he's just been absolutely, shall we say, unbearable. And knowing that ball. So if he's anything like his brother, uh, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a very uh, smooth transition. So we'll just have to wait and see about that. Anxious about it? Well, yeah, but uh, on the other hand, knowing the history of the ball family, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have my hopes up too high. Uh, we do have MLS tomorrow. It wasn't coming up on the soccer page, but I have it written down here anyway on my page. So it goes like this: Columbus Crew will take on the Philadelphia Union. Atlanta will take on Cincinnati. The Battle of New York between the NF the NYFC and the Red Bulls. Montreal Impact will take on Orlando. The New England Revolution will take on D.C. Kansas City will take on Minnesota. Toronto will face Miami. Colorado will take on Seattle. Portland will take on Vancouver. The L.A. Galaxy will take on Salt Lake. And the Seattle Sounders will take on L.A.F.C. So in case there's any soccer fans listening out there, I do have your schedule. And I think we're approaching, I think we're finally approaching the end of that season. Don't forget, they were delayed, too, with the regular season thanks to the pandemic and did the uh, did a soccer, a MLS's back tournament back in uh, June and ended up in July and then decided to start the regular season from that point. So they didn't delay anything. Unlike other things that we know. <laughs> All right. So I think I've just about covered it all. So uh, I got nothing first. I'll turn it over. I'll take it back over to you. Are you there, Taylor? Let's see here. Yeah, yeah, my apologies for that. I almost fell asleep. But uh, anyway, uh, once again, download the Vigit app, referral code STABLES. Um, it's a social sports app for sports fans who influence more people to love sports. So um, Lions and Colts should be a good one. We'll cover it tomorrow night at, uh, I believe, 7 o'clock. If, if I don't get, get a power outage, I'll let you know about it, Lewis. Okay, careful. Taylor from Tata Hotel. Bon appetit. Hit him on high. We rest our case. Stay safe and go vote. All right. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.